This week it's double Dutch on the reverse stick as the Netherlands sweep the Euros. And we also speak to Irish under-21 players Sarah Toomey and Emma Buckley who join us in the lead-up to the under-21 Euros. And greetings. Welcome to The Reverse Stick. My name's John Lee and my co-host for the next 40-odd minutes thereabouts is Matt Allen. How are you, Matt? It's great to be here once again sitting in the hockey chair and uh, having an opportunity to talk about our great game. And there's been a lot going on. And uh, what a hockey calendar we have. Everywhere you turn, there's hockey. It's just incredible. And uh, we've come to the end of the uh, the Euros, but we'll also talk about some of the other side events that went on around the Euros and that real festival of hockey that's been happening throughout Europe. News. So, yeah, on to the news. We'll start off with the Rabo Euro Hockey Championships in Amsterdam. And that came to a conclusion at the weekend just gone. John, uh, do you want to take us through the women's and I'll, I'll go through the men's side of things? Yes, so, well, what a great competition first up before we get anywhere. Um, thoroughly enjoyed it. The, the coverage that we got here via Euro Hockey TV was just fantastic. Yeah, sensational. And uh, it was a real pleasure to watch some really great hockey being played. But uh, down to Tin Tacks, uh, do we just go through the final day, shall we? Yeah, go through the final day. The, the final uh, day. I mean, what, just, just on that, you're talking about the event there. The crowds, particularly oh, when yeah. the Dutch were playing, were just incredible. And it's... It's just a joy to watch as a hockey lover, that, and that's what we want to see. It's packed out stadiums of people really getting into the game and backing their team, and the results showed that the 12th man you know, really did make a difference there. And seeing groups of people dancing in the stands at half-time, that was really nice too. Yeah, at half-time, and that was in the middle of the day, so I don't think there was too many beverages taken at, uh, at that time. Oh, unless they're starting early in Amsterdam. <laughs> but, uh, uh, the women's finals were held on Saturday, the August the 26th, and in the placement match for six, uh, seventh and eighth. Uh, well, they actually uh, they split, split, split into two pools, yeah, so yeah, there's a round robin there with the, the bottom four. And well, the way it ended up is uh, Spain beat Ireland seven two in the early game. Now Ireland were on the verge of being of missing a place, automatic qualification for the next round of Euros. The, the top bottom two teams fell out. Yeah, and so they have to re-qualify yeah, for next time around. Yeah, so they'll go Championship 2, which was the tournament yeah. which was just finished in Wales and Scotland not well, too long back. Following that defeat, the Irish girls were thinking they were probably gone. But in the second game, the Czechs got up over the Scots 1-0, and that effectively meant Ireland stayed and the Scots will have to qualify next time. This is it. Who knew that the the Irish were such big fans of Polish hockey? Absolutely. Oh, Sorry, of Czech, Czech, Czech hockey. Czech hockey. Yeah, <laughs> maybe they like Polish hockey as well. <laughs> Uh, certainly they like Czech hockey at the moment. Now, the uh, placement games, third versus fourth, the English got over the top of the Germans 2-0. And in a game that probably the score didn't really define, the Netherlands uh, beat Belgium 3-0 in the final there to take out the women's title. And it, it, when you look back over the competition, um, Belgium on, only made the qualifiers after beating the Spanish, uh, the finals after meeting the Spanish girls 2-1 in a game that I saw that could have gone either way. I mean, Spain could very easily have won that match and it would have been Spain into the finals and Belgium playing for qualification. So, uh, yeah, very, very tight competition. So just on to the individual awards there. England's Holly Webb was named the best player of the tournament. Um, also the uh, best goal of the tournament went to Lorient Lurink. And the best under-21 talent was Pierre Sanders. 
so they were uh, some some of the Netherlands players there. Belgium's Ashling de Hoog. The pronunciation is probably way off on that one. Was named <laughs> best keeper. And uh, Spain's Begona Garcia took away the top goal scorer award with four goals. Well done to those ladies and all the players. It was as we mentioned, great competition. It was good to see. On the men's side of things, the men played on the Sunday. And That's I'll right. just reach to my computer here to get the screen <laughs> right. But uh, on Sunday's game, in the qualifying games, uh, Spain beat Poland 2-1, and then Ireland drew 2-all with Austria. Yeah, and I'd say that was a bit of an upset result there, but what what that meant is the, the two sides that drop out there are Poland and Austria, so probably the two that you would expect to drop out of the, the competition uh, into, into Championship 2 next year. But that doesn't mean they won't be there next time around. All it means is that they have to go through the Euro 2 qualifiers, doesn't it? Well, so it'd be in four years' four time years would time. be their next opportunity, okay. not in two years' time, yeah. Um, so England did well to go 4-2 up over Germany. Um, bit of disappointment there. They would have liked to have seen themselves getting into the final. Uh, so they bounced back and to, to get the bronze medal, just the same as the England women's team did on, on their side of things. And then in the final, well, we saw earlier on in the competition uh, Belgium spank the Netherlands 5-0 and uh, they gave them a real hockey lesson and they were on fire that day. They then went 2-0 up in the final, and we thought, oh, here we go. There'll be a few sad Dutch faces around the stadium there. But lo and behold, what happened? Four goals. They won the game 4-2. Kemperman got goal of the tournament with an absolute rocket to open the encounter for, for the Netherlands. And they just steamrolled on from there. You know, what a, what a fantastic game um, of hockey to watch. Really exhilarating stuff. And our sport being played at the absolute highest level. Fantastic. I must admit I have a personal theory that 2-0 is the worst score in sport because the number of teams that lose games from 2-0, and that includes football as well, uh, soccer football, is incredible. And there's another example of it there. A lot of people would have been going, how far Belgium and yeah, to yeah. turn it around, magnificent performance. Yeah, well, you know, th- they had a fantastic tournament as well, and oh, that's, yeah. that's shown in the individual awards that went out. Um, Arthur Van Doren uh, got the the best player, and the goalkeeper Vincent Van Asch, he was he was awarded the best goalkeeper. Um, then for the Dutch, uh, Jorik Kroon was picked out as the best under twenty one player, and that goal I just mentioned from Kemperman that won the, the the best goal of the tournament in the final there. And it's good top, to see they wait late to do their voting. Yeah, absolutely. That's, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. great. Um, and Mirko Preusser was uh, top goal, goal scorer with six goals, bagging two in the final there. And while we're at the Euros, um, three more inductees into the Euro Hockey Hall of Fame. Kate Richardson-Walsh, um, Moritz first, and uh, Marta Palman. Marta Palman, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Palman. Uh, so congratulations to, to the three of them. Uh, now Hall of Fame members and uh, great careers and I'm sure that they'll enjoy just topping it off a little bit with that Hall of Fame membership. Yeah, absolutely. Now, we'll just while we're in Europe there, we'll just quickly go over the two of the, the side events and other things that have been going on in around Europe at the moment. So uh, for three days from the 20th to 23rd of August, we saw the uh, para hockey, Euro para hockey tournament take place. Now, if you're not aware of what para hockey is, that's uh, it's a version of the sport for intellectually disabled, autistic and Down Syndrome hockey players. Nine different countries were sent over to play that. They play a modified game. It's two 10-minute halves, seven versus seven on the half field. Uh, so they had over 150 para-hockey players and 50-plus games taking place there, also in Amsterdam. So Spain, Portugal, the Netherlands, Italy, Belgium, Ireland, France, Germany and England all sent teams. 
Um, it looked like an absolute ball was had um, on social media by the, the players and the teams that were taking place. And coming up in, a, in the next couple of weeks, we're going to find out more about para hockey and, yeah. and uh, yeah, just spread the word a bit on that. But well done to all the guys and girls that got involved there. They, they also get to, got to go and see some of the, uh, the games in the main stadium uh, at the Euro Championships. So it looked like a really fantastic uh, experience for everybody there. And also the Masters going on at the same time. Yeah, so we didn't really get a chance to cover last week. With the, the, uh, one of the Masters competitions was taking place at Hockey Club Tilburg in the Netherlands. That's the International Masters Hockey Association Euro Masters. Uh, quick run down there on the men's side of things. Over 35s, over 40s, over 45s and over 55s were all taken out by the Netherlands for the home country uh, with England having the over 50s men's competition. You do spot a few uh, familiar names on the team sheets there with the guys that are playing, not just uh, perhaps of their fame within the game, but also the the fathers and mothers of some of the younger players that you might see on the international scene today. And on the women's side of things there in Tilburg, um, the over 40s, over 45s, over 50s women were taken out by the Netherlands and the over 55s women by England. And just more recently, the World Grand Masters Association Euro Masters has taken place in Glasgow. Three fields used there. Uh, there was a, one women's competition there that was the over 60s that was taken out by England. And over to the men's side of things, you know, these are all the, the young bucks of the game. <laughs> over 60s in the Cup, England uh, got the win with a shootout win over in the Netherlands. The over 65s Cup, the Netherlands, over 70s uh, Cup, England. And then the over 75s men, Australia. I don't know how we managed to sneak in there, John, but there's, it gets a little bit more invitational as you go up through the age groups. Uh, in the trophies, yeah, the are, over you, are you over 75? <laughs> you're invited. That's, That's how it works. works. <laughs> well, you know, the point is, you know, can you afford to go and do it? We, we talked before, didn't we? Yeah, I was going to mention that. that it's, it's not like being selected to play for the Netherlands number one team because... When you go to one of those events and represent the Netherlands, you're paying for your ticket, you're paying for your accommodation, you're paying for your uniform. Yeah, your, your hip replacement. Uh, yeah, yeah it's, it becomes quite an expensive <laughs> journey in the end. So well done to all of those people. Yeah, fantastic. And once again, it just shows the beauty of our game that you can be playing the game at four years old and you can be playing your game and pl- playing 75 years plus. I did actually catch quite a bit of the action. Thank you very much to Scottish Hockey that were streaming a fair bit of stuff there. Um, and it was nice to get the early games and... You know, as I was waking up, I could you know see the old boys there were sort of waking up on the field as well. Now, as a player that's actually won an over forties premiership, Matt Allen. Well, that's right. Uh, how would you describe the standard, and how many more years are we going to be playing until we reach the standard these guys are at? Oh no, I, you know, I'd still say there's a, there's a lot of very good hockey players. Yeah. Don't you worry about the age. It's just you know the legs give up a little bit, I think. But certainly the hockey brain doesn't. So it's a bit of a different style of game. And uh, you know you've you've got you've got to hit your passes. You've definitely got to hit your passes because if it's a meter off, then you're the one that's in trouble, not the guy that doesn't do the work to go and get it. Uh, one thing I will say about the older the, the over age groups when you get to playing over something, as soon as you get to say over forty. Go into the over 40s because you'll be a star. Yeah, that's Don't it. wait yeah, till yeah, you're yeah, 45 yeah, yeah. or 46. Go in as soon as you can. Yeah, and you'll be you'll be the young buck there. That's and it. You go, oh, geez, mate, you're a bit quick. Yeah, how old are you? Well, I was, two years <laughs> ago, well, two, two years ago, I was told, I was told, geez, you're quick, mate. I've never heard it in my life. First time <laughs> in my bloody life. <laughs> How 
And now it's time for our featured interview here on The Reverse Stick. And nothing gets uh, to grumpy old men smiling more than a couple of Irish roses having a chat to you, uh, especially when they're over in a sunny country like Valencia. And it was with great pleasure we spoke to Irish under-21 players Sarah Toomey and Emma Buckley. That's right. So Sarah's the captain of the side there, and uh, she she plays for um, UCD in a, a University College Dublin back in Dublin, and uh, Emma's a goalkeeper. So Sarah's just about to um, sort of get to the end of her under-21 career, whereas Emma's a little bit younger there. Emma plays for the Cork Harlequins Club. And, uh, yeah, really great to chat to them and hear a little bit about Irish hockey at that level and their expectations on the upcoming under-21 tournament in Valencia. Joining us on the reverse stick from Valencia in Spain are two representatives of the Irish under-21 women's side who were there for the Euro Championships for Juniors, the under-21s competition. We have Sarah Toomey, the captain of the team, and Emma Buckley, the goalkeeper of the side. So, good afternoon, ladies. Hi, thanks for having us. And thanks for joining us here on the Reverse Stick. Um, how's the weather there at the moment? Oh yeah, it's really warm. Um, we were training this morning and it was like May 20. Yeah, so. so just climatising to the heat now at the moment. But uh, I think all the girls are surviving well so far. Nobody's burnt alive. That's good to hear. Now, preparation-wise, you've how, how long have you been there in Valencia? We arrived on um, Wednesday, yeah, so we've been here about a day now, just over, just over a day. So we've had two training sessions and our third one is this evening, so another few days of the tournament anyway, so got a bit of prep. So are you, is your, your training sessions happening on the pitches where the tournament's taking place? Yeah, we trained on pitch two today, which is the first time anyone's ever played on it. They just recently laid it down, so they put the finishing touches on it this morning before our first training session, so good to get out and get used to the pitch. So I understand that it can be a bit problematic sometimes with a brand new pitch. Is there a bit of bounce happening on it? Yeah, there is a bit of bounce. Um, I think we're kind of used to that. We've played a lot of practice games leading in and stuff on various different pitches in Belgium and Madrid, back in Ireland. So I think the girls are used to the bouncy pitch and like it can't really be an excuse. A bouncy pitch can't be an excuse coming into a big tournament like this anyway. It is a, the under-21 Euro Championship. Of course, we've got the, the open age going at the moment. What, what teams are you facing up against in your pool? Um, so we have England up first on Monday followed by France on Tuesday, and then we've a rest day, and we play Germany in the third game of the field then. Do you play against these girls a lot from the other countries? I imagine you, you come up against England a few times, but how much international competition do you get? Um, so this year we were actually quite lucky in terms of the schedule we had. We played a lot of international games. I think recently in particular we've gotten six international games in about ten days. Yeah, ten yeah. days, so... Um, preparation for us has gone really well and yeah as you said like England are our neighbours so it's a big game and we played them quite a bit so yeah we played them in, in Ireland at the first week of July and um, so yeah we played them quite a bit yeah, the, and Scotland as well being close to us it's easy for them to travel So squad wise you, you, you pull players from all over Ireland how often do you get a chance to get together as a squad? Um, well, in terms of this, like for, for our like Irish underage panels, we play like an interprovincial tournament between our 
provinces and from there girls are selected for like a trial kind of process so with the 21s this year we started trial process back in like I'd say October because the tournament was on the end of September so there is a panel selected from that and we've been we trained as an extended squad for a while and then as like the months went on we just narrowed it down and, and then finally got to the final 18 here for Valencia. From how far and wide do you girls come as far as where are you all playing your hockey? Are you all playing it in Ireland or some of you in England, perhaps others in, on the continent or elsewhere? Um, so from the 18 of us at the moment, most of us would be in based in Ireland, but we do have one girl playing in Longwood in America and there's another girl in Clifton in the UK. Um, but other than that, most people would be based either up north in Ulster or in uh, Dublin. So when it comes to hockey in Ulster and Dublin, how much of a rivalry goes on there at the club type level? Yeah, so well, like in Ireland, we have like an All-Ireland League. So we see, I think there's only one team from Cork now this coming season. And then the rest of the teams are all from either Dublin or... Uh, up in like, up north, um, so there is a good bit of rivalry because we're playing each other like week in week out, um, and then that goes into the provincial setup when we play like Leinster and Ulster and Munster and Connacht. Um, so the rivalry does like kind of come to the fore a good bit, but then once we come into an Irish setup, all put behind us and we all come together as a team. So good to see. Now, tell us a little bit about your coach there. This is a man, Dave Passmore, that's uh, had a lot to do with Irish hockey over the years. What's he like to play yeah. under, and, and uh, yeah, what, what, what kind of setup is, is there with him? Yeah, no, we all really enjoy the setup. We get on well with Dave. Like, there's enough there's time to have the crack, and there's also time to be serious, and I think he balances that well as a coach. Um, like, he has kids himself already, so he kind of knows how to deal with uh, girls at an under 21 level which can be tricky at times but um, I think he manages, manages that quite well and in terms of hockey like as you said like he he's a huge amount of experience under his belt so he's like we're really fortunate to have someone like him coaching us and sharing the knowledge that he's learned over the past however many years coaching um, yeah, you don't want to be rude yeah, no. yeah <laughs> exactly uh, no, no, it is. We really enjoy the setup and like with our assistant coaches as well. There's a good mix of like personalities and stuff. So I don't know. I think as far as I'm aware, we all enjoy it. Um, and yeah, so it's a good good vibe from the team. Now, before we talk about what your hopes and aspirations for the tournament are, Emma, I'm reading a little bit. You've taken a slightly unnatural route into hockey, and you've you've uh, been fairly active in some other sports. Am I right? Uh, yeah, so I took up hockey actually by mistake, which kind of sounds <laughs> <laughs> kind of funny. But um, I played uh, a lot of soccer when I was younger and at international level, interprovincial level, and stuff. And then played um, GAA back in Cork. <laughs> um, yeah, I played on uh, high enough level GAA. Um, did a bit of taekwondo, bit of basketball, everything, and then got to about third year in school and our PE teacher um, Darren Collins who now happens to be one of our coaches uh, back in Munster was short keeper so I said no bother I'd jump in and wasn't a bother wasn't really feared 
And yeah, from then, absolutely loved it. About a year later, I got um, asked to go up to Cork Harlequins by one of the coaches in school who I now play with, Yvonne O'Byrne. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm just playing away since then. So it's a bit of a, a back route to hockey. Most of the girls would have started when they were six, seven or eight. But uh, yeah, nonetheless, I <laughs> enjoy it just as much as they do. Emma, have you ever had a crack out on the field? Have you had a go at playing out on the... On, or has it just been goals that, you know, once you had a go at that, that was it? That's a, where were you going to be? Um, yeah, so I started off in goals and didn't really venture far from the circle. But um, as a charity tournament last Christmas, I played outfield. It's a, just a, a bit of crack or whatever. Uh, no, it wasn't for me. <laughs> definitely, definitely not for me. I'll, uh, I'll stick to my circle and leave the girls do the... <laughs> do the other work. <laughs> and that was Sarah Toomey and Emma Buckley from the Irish Under-21 ladies team. They're competing in the jun- well, Junior Euro Cup at the moment. Yeah, Junior Championships, junior for, championships. Yeah, for, for Under-21s. And uh, we'll be hearing more from both Sarah and Emma a little bit later on in the show. So we've had the the games have kicked off there just at the time of recording, but I think we'll leave that till next week and we'll cover it a, bit, yeah. a little bit more broader. So just, just sorry, go on. Have, have you very quickly just in front of you got the England Ireland result there? Yes, I have. It's a little just bit sad one. for the Ireland supporters oh, that are probably it? listening today, but uh, yeah, they'll know the result by now. Yeah. They, they, they went down three 0 in their opening game. So in that, that women's side of the competition, there's France, England, the Netherlands, Spain, Belgium, Germany, and Ireland all participating there. And on the men's side of the competition, all happening at the same venue, Germany, Netherlands, England, Spain, Portugal, Belgium, Ireland and Austria. Um, I also know that uh, Portugal took a bit of a spanking in the opening game there to England, 8-zip. Uh, well, Bernardo won't be well, heavy. Well, the great thing is, though, John, you can catch all of the action there um, on the EuroHockeyTV.org website. Excellent. Um, so they're covering all the 21s, so the... The live streaming just just doesn't stop. It's really fantastic. Just quickly on live streaming as well, yeah, we've we, we, we've shared some streams from Auckland Hockey and from Hockey Victoria, and also from the Southeast Asia Games from Kuala Lumpur. It's been uh, shared by us on the, the social media. Um, some really good quality stuff out there, and uh, it seems like we're getting a bit of a cycle where at all sorts of hours of the day you can you can get on and find some some hockey. So if you do have a live stream, if you're a club or an association. Please do get in touch with us or you can uh, tag us in on Facebook or on, on Twitter and let us know that it's happening so we can share it out to the guys that are following us on social media. And we might try and catch up with our, our friend who's up there as well, doing some hockey commentary. He might be able to give us a report on how it all went when he gets back. Yeah, well, he's, our friend up there has, has been multi-talented oh, and he's he? been covering gymnastics and... Uh, martial arts and, you know, you'd rugby sevens, all sorts of things, but uh, we know that hockey's his real love there. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to get an email about that. <laughs> oh, keep going. You've got something to talk about there, have you? Uh, I've got a couple of things to bring up. Well, no, just just quickly. So the results that have come out of the the Euros there have meant that a couple of more more spaces have, have yep. popped up for the uh, Hockey World Cup. Yes. So uh, Spain, the women have have qualified. That's uh, right. So they're in. Pakistan. The results of the Euros mean that Pakistan gets in. And so, as we uh, talked about before, they're, yep. they're based in Scotland soon, you know, in the, in the next couple of years. So that, that makes be. perfect sense. Uh, that, that means that there's three places left and they'll be decided following the African Conference Championship, Oceania and Asia, Asia of course, which right. are coming up and we'll be speaking more about them as we get closer to the event. 
Um, just one thing on the uh, the World League. I've been thinking about this, and so it, I think we should discuss it in the future more. More, but India is qualified on the basis of them holding the tournament. Now, I don't want to make this sound like Indian bashing or anything. It's not. But I'm not so sure that you should qualify just on the basis of holding the tournament for leagues and competitions like that anymore. I understand why the home home country gets places at things like the Olympic Games, and the Olympics is a separate movement, so we've got to forget about what they decide. But I think it's a real pity that Malaysia and Canada and Ireland all finished higher at the, the semi-finals of the World League. However, India goes because they're hosting it. And I, I, that sits very uncomfortably with me. Yeah, that, I know. We, I that, mean, that a team that didn't qualify is going to be there. But we have talked about this before, that if you're trying to plan ahead with the schedule and, and let people know what the big tournaments are going to be and where they're going to be held, there's got to be some kind of allowance for to get the home nation support. Do you think really, if the major Dehan Chan uh, stadium, it's going to be full of hockey supporters for a, uh, a final? Well, no, you know, with no games, well, in, including any any Indian teams. Why shouldn't it be? Because I think the support is there more for the national team than necessarily for okay. the sport of hockey. So, how many people are going to turn up to a game between Borussia Dortmund and Valencia well, at 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 Old Trafford if it's yeah, I think it's a different thing. You, we, all I, I think it says a lot about the supporters of hockey. But even 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 for the um, the Euro hockey games that we saw streamed, there were still very low crowds for the two o'clock in the afternoon on Wednesday game. That you know there was a, maybe a few expect. school groups and a few. Well, yes, I guess you would expect it, but you want to see full crowds, don't you? You want you want to see the stadi- the stadium full. So for the big games, the for example for the Dutch finals. Okay. 10,000 plus people in there, that, that's part of the experience and that's, you know, that's part of the buzz that you, you get as a viewer, not just as being in the stand. So what we've got to, as hockey supporters, expect is that um, finances is more of a criteria than performance. If you haven't got the finances, you don't get any performance, do you? Well, not necessarily. So, but you can't be part of the hockey no, no, pro it's, league. It's, you can't fly around and play against the top competition. You know, it's uh, the the money. So, but essentially, we're, we're rewarding finance, not performance. That's that's what that model does. Yes. Yeah. Okay. As long as we're square with that, I've got no problem with. It. That's what we're doing. It's when you try and say, "Well, I'm being this is fair," and but well, it's not, mate, because someone's qualifying without being good enough. Yeah, look, you're not going to get a TV deal in a in a tiny country with two million people, so you're certainly not going to get offered a place at the top table in the in the hockey which, pro league. Which it's comes back to hockey supporters, yes. and, it, and and it's it's our attitude to the game, and it that is as important to any success of of hockey. Yeah, FIH can do what they like; they can sign all the best deals in the world, but unless we start supporting the game by a going along and b watching on television. And it doesn't matter where the hockey's been. Yeah, it has, it has to be driven by hockey us, lovers. Yeah, us, by us. Absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. And now we're going to return to part two of our featured interview featuring Irish under-21 players Sarah Toomey and Emma Buckley. Didn't have a good start against England, as we just heard before, but uh, I'm sure they'll be pressing on for the rest of the tournament. Well, we're going to hear more of their thoughts right now. So, girls, how would you describe the, the culture of hockey that you come from in Ireland? Oh, um, I forgot a question. 
I suppose because we're quite a small country, um, like we all kind of know each other, like as we're playing each other week in, week out. Um, so that's kind of something that we have quite that's quite unique. And I think that actually, like the culture filters through all teams you kind of play for. Um, and I don't know, I suppose. I would yeah, I suppose it's just it's an honour to really pull on the green jersey. So all the hard work everyone puts into their like club team, um, the provincial teams and everything at the end of the day, if you get to pull on that green jersey, that's something that a huge amount of people in the country would be like obviously delighted to do. And we all realise that it's special to play for your country. So say the culture is kind of like. Yeah. I've got to say, we we never have any issues with uh, any Irish players uh, fitting into our club down here in in Perth in Australia. Um, Over the years, we've had a lot of men's and women's Irish internationals uh, playing with us and a a lot of non-internationals. And I've got to say, everybody just fits in seamlessly, no dramas whatsoever. So, uh, culture-wise, I would say in Ireland, you, you seem to be doing it the right way, whatever way you're doing it. Yeah, exactly. Not quite sure how we do it, but it works. So, <laughs> is it a spot, a, a popular sport, say on television? Do you girls get television coverage, or is it sort of a bit in the background when you have to come up against, say, rugby and uh, some of the Gaelic sports? Yeah, no. So, like in Ireland, the kind of sports we refer to as the big three would be rugby, soccer, and then GAA. So we do get a bit of backseat um, in terms of stuff being televised. I know like a couple of years ago we wouldn't be able to even watch our international games on like a stream um, but it has improved in recent years definitely like BT Sport which is like um, they've provided coverage for the recent World League that both our women and men's team were at and then now they're covering the Europeans as well so it's definitely improved um, but it could get a huge a lot a lot better hopefully Keep grow- we need to keep growing hockey as a sport Um to kind of compete with the big three, uh, but we're definitely getting there. Like us and cricket, I think, are coming up the ranks. Like our men and women's team are really performing on a world stage, so I think that's definitely helping in terms of getting the coverage. Yeah, but don't feel bad about it because you're not alone with anybody no, no. else in the world, and it's the same struggles that we have yeah. with the sport everywhere. Yeah, so, exactly. okay, so on, on to the nitty gritty of the tournament then. So, you've got England, France, and Germany in your group? Yeah, yeah. And what 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 are your hopes? What are your aspirations? What do you think you can do? Well, we've come here with the ambition of going all the way. Like we're not just a team that's gonna turn up to make up the numbers, which in previous years Irish teams are known as like bench teams between Division Two and Division One. Uh-huh. So for sure, this team hasn't just come together in the last few weeks. That hasn't happened, and it just hasn't been thrown all together. We've put a serious amount of work and have got. A, the preparation done for this tournament so we're going out obviously taking every game as it comes and tournaments are always roller coasters so everything isn't going to always go our way but the the ambition is to go out and, and win every game and see where we go after that Girls, how much of a difference do you think there is between the top team in this competition and the team that say will end up finishing at the bottom? I mean, Is, is, is there a big difference yeah. do you think? Well, like, I know from a lot of, like, war- a huge amount of the other 21 teams are playing warm-up games against each other. Like, we play England, Belgium, and the Spanish, who are all in the competition. And 
they've all played various teams as well. And the general team with the results coming in is that it's a very mixed bag. And like, there's been no team that's kind of really like stood out as such um, as like outright we're going to win that kind of way. So I think it's definitely up for grabs for anyone. It's like whoever turns up best on the day and puts the ball in the back of the net, well, like, it can go anyway. I think. Yeah, and that's definitely one of the beauties of our game. And John and I were talking earlier on about the results on the men's uh, Euros that are happening at the moment. And you get uh, the the Spanish getting absolutely pumped by the Dutch, and then the Dutch lose five nil to the Belgians, and then the Belgians lose two nil to the Spanish. So uh, if you if you were a betting man, and I know there are a few of them in Ireland, um, it, it would be it would be a good punt with your punt. Oh, sorry, it's a Euro yeah, now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, completely. I think the the game has changed in recent years. It's just getting quicker and quicker. And even if you look at the quarterfinal last year at Rio within the German men, I think they scored two goals in 34 seconds yeah, to yeah. focus semi-final spot. So, yeah, you, you never know what's going to happen in the pitch. You just hope that you you keep them out at your end. Yeah, absolutely. That's Emma's job. Yeah. <laughs> Now, girls, what happens after this tournament, as far as you're concerned? Is this, for you, the last under-21s tournament, and now you're in with the big girls, or are you going to be hanging around that age group for a little while? Um, for me, anyway, it's my last year at 21, so I kind of give it everything now. It's the last 10 days or so playing at this underage group. Um, so, yeah, and then Emma's still young. She's only a young one, so she's another few years left in her. Um, but yeah, I think that's the general like team with our team. There's just a couple of girls who are really moving on with me, but we also have um, quite a young squad. So there'll be girls who are eligible to play in like two years time, and still another few who are eligible to play in four years time. So we have a mixed bag of age anyway. And what about at the top end with the the international side? Are there a few of the girls that are maybe looking to step away from the game after this tournament or what, what's what's the feeling are there going to be plenty of opportunities for you to step up well I mean like they're highly likely that our women are probably going to qualify for the World Cup they yeah. cross the like uh, all the other results go their way and um, so I don't think many of them will step away with I've given the uh, like I've run at the World Cup ago like it's something every hockey player in Ireland dreams of playing in that and the Olympics, and we haven't done that in years. So I can't see many of them really putting their hand up and stepping out quite yet. So it'll be a good bit of competition, but like we'll give them a run for them. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. That's good. That's what we want to hear. Yeah, we have a good group here to, to push on. So hopefully, between them wanting to play their World Cup and us wanting to push up into the squad, and just like kind of create a bit of competition within Ireland for places and just improve hockey further which is what everyone kind of wants at the end of the day well it makes you all better players in the end doesn't it exactly yeah yeah well, that's fantastic, ladies. Thank you so much for joining us today. We wish you all the best in the upcoming competition. So you kick off on Monday against England. There'll be a bit of uh, fire in the belly from that from both sides, I should expect. Um, yeah, good luck with the, the tournament and good luck with future careers. And uh, don't forget to slip, slop, slap and you know, make sure that that, that fierce Spanish son doesn't too mu- do too much damage to uh, the fair-skinned girls in the side there. <laughs> Yeah, 
And that was Sarah Toomey and Emma Buckley, and good luck to the girls. They're in Valencia, sunny Spain there for the Euro Under-21 Championship, and uh, hopefully they've got plenty of that sunscreen out. As we say down here, John, slip, mm. slop, slap. Oh, we did remind them at the end of the interview if they were a little bit worried, the big orange thing in the sky. That's <laughs> called the sun. <laughs> now, John, whilst we finish up now today... Um, first off, the big question everybody's wanting to know is, how do we go in finals? You're, you go first. Do I have to? You do. Oh, well, that's exactly what happened on the weekend. The opposition <laughs> went first with a goal. <laughs> um, oh, look, it was disappointing. We did we lost on penalties in the end, uh, so it was one all at the end of uh, extra play. And I must admit, five minutes extra time at the end of a game is not long enough each way. It's well, got to be longer. It's too short. Have it... Ten minutes or seven and a half minutes or whatever, but five minutes is too yeah, they've, long. We they've, might changed, well not play. they've changed it here for this season from Have being they? seven and a half minutes no, to, okay. to five minutes each way. And you're right, you, can, you can just set up stall if you're confident with your, your stroke takers. Then yeah. uh, I think that's what the opposition probably did. I mean, as soon as the final whistle went, I didn't even bother looking because it was all over for us. <laughs> Once it gets to strokes, it's, that's the end of the game. So that's not, but, not, not, that's not part of your training regime. No, but the beauty of finishing on top and getting that semi-final place is we've got another chance this weekend. So we can still make the grand final, which is something I think you might be already there. Yeah, well, we, we had the exact same situation as you did. We, we were 1-0 down for a lot of the game, got an equaliser with about eight minutes to go held out through extra time and went to strokes. The strokes went into sudden death and uh, we eventually got up. So we go straight to the grand final in two weeks' time and a week off for uh, some of the older bodies that are around and about. I must admit, the opposition we came played against came prepared. They had some tactics and tricks that they used that they hadn't used during the year. We played them three times. But, um, boys, you, you might have played those tricks a couple of weeks too early. We look forward to the rematch. <laughs> Don't forget to share and like. Find us on social media, twitter.com forward slash the reverse stick and facebook.com forward slash the reverse stick. Bye for now.